Hey guys, welcome to the Enrich Your Life podcast. You're with your host, Rich Louder, and we're going to be talking all things health, fitness, and well-being related. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get this podcast started. Alrighty guys, welcome to the third episode of the Enrich Your Life podcast, and I'm lucky enough to have a friend and a fellow um, teammate, uh, Callum Holt, on the episode today. And we're going to talk to you all about the secret of tapping into your fullest potential. So welcome, Callum. I'm very grateful to have you on board, mate. Um, I would love for you to talk a little bit about yourself, where you've come from. Um, the things I do know is that you are a very motivated individual, highly professional. Um, you are you invest a lot in your own personal development. You've come from Melbourne, and won't hold that against you, but you're here in the sunny state of Queensland, and uh, we love having you on board here at the PLC team. And um, yeah, mate, I'd love to, to well, first of all, welcome, mm. and I'd love to have you talk a little bit about yourself and where you come from. Okay, well, firstly, Rich, thanks so much for having me, and thanks so much for you know, creating this podcast. It's always an opportunity to you know to share my story and share my experiences, and Pleasure, yeah, mate. I love every opportunity to do that. So thank you. Um, yeah, look, I, I really love, you know, yeah, this whole topic. I guess my background is um, I've been through a lot of kind of mental health challenges myself um, and definitely, you know, been training for now probably about 15 years. And I've always had this massive passion around, like, what is it that makes someone like, you know, a one percenter or a 0.01 percenter, like those, the top of the top of the top, Right. What is it that they do differently that like mere mortals don't? What are those little working, what are those mechanics, those little levers that we can turn in our life that will really allow us to take our life to the next level? Because I truly believe that every skill in life is learnable and everything is a skill. And it's just about really discovering those patterns, those habits, those things that massively high performers are doing and mirroring that. And yeah, for me, I guess um, I grew up and I was definitely a, you know, quite a chunky kid, which is probably an understatement. Um, I was probably the heaviest I was, was probably when I was about 15 years old and I was probably, I don't know, 150 centimeters, so about 95 kilos. And I was definitely, um, definitely overweight. And the biggest impact though of that was on my own self-esteem, especially going through puberty, going through bullying, um, you know, being called fat every day and, you know, people poking me and being called fatty. It, you know, after after a time, and you just kind of get you know, so to speak, get used to it, and that's probably the biggest pain point of it all. And then it started to get to that point where I was like, "Hey, what can I do about this? You know, how can I change?" Um, and I think that's one of the biggest lessons over the years is really taking responsibility for my life and not liking it, and choosing to do something about it. Um, and then, yeah, from that bullying, then it's gone on from there to other mental health struggles. Um, you know, my girlfriend at one point she committed suicide so that was definitely a challenge in its own way um and then really leveraging from there into working out in every area of my life how i can you know grow and develop and become better on a daily basis even just by one percent um and so that's led me now to you know last year i did my first marathon you know a couple months time i got my first triathlon um you know i've climbed a bunch of kind of volcanoes in south america and um yeah, now I've started you know my coaching business as well. So 
do a few little bits and pieces. That's awesome, mate. Thanks mm-hmm. for the background. Um, what do you see as your biggest achievement thus far? Whoa, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah. That's a, <laughs> a long question, but I'd love to. Get yeah. Um, to me, it's definitely my mental health. So, and which is something I'm really, really passionate about, um, and especially around you know very specifically the area of suicide and the process of healing from you know when you're bereaved by suicide or when someone close to you dies by suicide and the impact that has on you and within that community there's a massive story there that you'll never like you'll never get over it so to speak you'll never get better it'll always be something you deal with and for me i guess one of my greatest achievements is honestly like it's now about seven and a half years since that happened and i can like absolutely say massive certainty now that like not only have I got to a point where I'm like, you know, healed myself, so to speak of that, but I feel like I've used that experience to catapult me forward now to being such like so much more of a, like, uh, I'd say an impactful human being <laughs> than I was back then yeah. in every way, like using your experiences and challenges as fuel to grow rather than as an excuse to just stay small and play small and, you know, say, I can't do it because of, look at all my crap. Yeah, totally, man. I, I can, I guess I can relate to a certain extent. Um, I haven't had a similar experience to, to what you have, but um, I guess having had like close family members pass, stuff like that really tends to remind you of your, mm. your own mortality and, you know, how if you don't if you don't use this life that we're given then you know sure enough it's taken away at the drop of a hat mm. so you know why are you sitting there not doing what it is that you really truly want to achieve from your life like do you feel that um i guess that that thought of like i am a mere mortal and like uh, I, that that in itself has that motivated you then to to get more out of your life or yeah 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 absolutely i think there's something that like <laughs> and we'll just you know get super real as I guess like there's something that seeing and holding and touching someone you deeply care about and seeing them and holding them and touching a dead person that does to you on a really deep level like you watch all the crime shows you can watch all the stuff that happens in third world countries da 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 but until you really experience like death I don't think you really get the real finite nature of life. Mm. When you really get like, it's not like, oh, they'll wake back up. It's not like you know, a temporary thing. It's like, it's over, but it's like, it's actually over. Mm. And I think that for the human psyche is a really challenging thing to grasp, yeah. to get, because it's actually an impossible thing to experience death personally because if you die, you die. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's obviously times where you're like you're medically dead and then you wake back up, but it's one of those concepts and those constructs that's impossible to actually really, you know, get. But I think witnessing someone close to you die mm. changes things. Yeah, totally, mm. man. And um, like, I guess I've had the experience of, like I say, close family members mm. passing, and then that that in itself has had an impact on my life where any challenges come up, I, I know I can tackle them because, you know, it, it's really, 
it's it's so infinitesimal compared to something like that you know mm. like it, it might be a challenge for me right now but in the future you know if i if i didn't put my all into trying to tackle that challenge then i, I know that you know i, I would probably re- potentially regret that and i'm going to die at some point you're going to die at some point and yeah it's just i, I guess uh, for me, that in itself has had a massive impact on my own mental strength. But I really wanted to talk to you about mm. like what would be, I guess, your major, I guess, tips on being able... Because one big thing that comes up for me a lot uh, in the gym, um, and I know that, that you train quite hard as well. I train quite hard and people always ask me like, what is it that you do mentally? Like, how do you have that sort of um, focus and... How do you put that sort of intensity into mm. those gym sessions? And for me, it's it's a strange question because I've never questioned it myself. It's just been there. It's probably a skill that I've taught myself over time. But for you, like I know you're, you're very um, interested in like um, helping people with their mental state and improving upon that. Where would you sort of start with anyone that asks this question? Mm. Yeah, I... Oh, I love that question. Mm. And it's it's like exploding out into a really big realm. The the first place I always go into it, right, right, is and I actually I did a live not long ago about this, um, is it's really the first step in really the first step in change, but it's the same in this space, is you have to become conscious. Mm. And what I mean about that specifically is if you have no awareness around actually what's happening, you can't change. Like you actually can't. And it's like, if you want to lose weight, first you have to get conscious of, okay, how I am at the moment actually doesn't work for me. You need to get conscious about your current situation. And it's the same specifically when training is, you absolutely highlight something incredible there is that you just do it like it's so unconscious for you now. And it's like I'd say to you know listeners on here, when you drive to work now, you probably don't even think about it. You're probably doing 10 other things at the same time of driving, mm. right? The reason is, is because you've done it a few times. You probably started off using Google Maps because it was very conscious and you weren't had no awareness over you. You're like, I have no idea where I'm going. I need to use Google Maps to work out how to get there, right? And that was on a conscious level. You did that 20 times and then you didn't need to use Google Maps anymore. Same thing when you start driving. Okay, when you first drive, you're like, oh my God, you're like changing gears and you're like trying to do like clutch and brake and accelerator and steer and do the gears and you're like, oh my God, right? And that's because it's conscious. And then eventually it gets to the point where you can be having a conversation, listening to music, talking on the phone, thinking about dinner and changing gears and changing lanes all at the same time. And that's because it becomes an unconscious habit. Now, to cause change, we've got to bring that back up into the conscious level. So awareness of when I actually go to stop or when I'm pushing hard, what stops me? What is the conversation? What are you telling yourself in that moment? And it might be lead up, might be like five minutes beforehand, might be you know 10 seconds beforehand. There'll actually be a conversation that you're having with yourself in your head and there'll be thoughts and there'll be feelings Right? And there are probably things that you see and all of that construct of the world, once you get c- conscious of that, there'll be an action that you're taking from that. 
and everything we do is a strategy. So if you're, you know, if you're doing bicep curls and then you stop, there's a reason why you stopped. And it might be the process of you felt your bicep getting sore, you felt it getting really, you know, full of blood and, you know, pumped up. And you started getting close to your, you know, you were like at nine reps and you're like, when I get to 12 reps, I can stop. Okay, it's so on mental command and you're, you're struggling, but you're like, I'm going to get there. Self-talk. Mm. And you get to your 12 reps. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Because um, actually, you know, we're both personal trainers and I'm sure you've had this experience as well. Um, you tell a client to, to do X amount of reps and that set will be really hard and they'll get to those reps and be like, yeah, no, I could not have done any more reps. But it's only because you've made it conscious to them that you've, you know, you've set this sort of boundary of get to 12 reps and they get there and that's all they can do. Mm-hmm. Or you might do like an MRAP set and you're like, okay, I want you to at least get 20 reps and they'll get 20 reps and stop. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But, so that, that, uh, how, how do you go about making that like unconscious decision um, more conscious and then how do you go about changing what it is that you're telling yourself yeah so great question the first part really is it's kind of making a bit of a decision and as you start really getting conscious of what you're saying to yourself in your head mm. okay there is a conversation there sometimes it's very fast yeah but there will be a conversation okay so getting like getting conscious of that about there's a difference between what is coming out of your mouth versus what you're actually thinking okay and those that self-talk is really powerful okay it's like the, the famous saying whether you think you can or whether you think you can't either way you're right mm. and I, we prove this all the time I'm sure you do the same thing where I say to people they stop and they're like I can't do any more can't do any more like just do one more and 99% of the time they can do one more one more is achievable <laughs> yeah and I was like cool do one more and they do one more mm. all right and so the first step is actually becoming conscious. Okay, of actually what, what is that self-talk? And actually working out the strategy that goes into that moment where you like, okay, I'm going to keep working or I need to stop. Because hmm. at the moment, all you run, you have, you have a strategy. It's unconscious at the moment, which is a strategy that you, know, you call to some extent, work really, really hard hmm. because I'm committed to this and this is really important to me and, to, and high on your values. Hmm. Okay. Now, you have a strategy to do that. And when you do stop, you have a strategy for when you stop. Mm. And we have strategies for everything we do in life. We have strategies for how we get in relationships, how we break relationships, how we make money, how we spend money. Everything. Yeah, that's powerful, isn't it, man? Yep. Um, like, obviously, in terms of that like self-talk, um, mm. I can tell you right now, when, when I get to that hard place in a workout, like... I, I chunk things down so I'm mm. literally saying like I'll do that one more rep and now I'll do another rep and now I'll do another rep and then I know oh, okay this workout's only got one more round or then I've got two rounds but yes. I'm going to do just focus on this next round so I found that that chunking down of those those little internal goals around that workout in itself mm-hmm. has really helped me like to stay in that place where I need to be mentally but you touched just on just now like your strategies and your values, how does that then link into like creating some form of mental strength? 
I've <laughs> <laughs> opened Pandora's box here. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like we're just like, you know, a bigger and bigger conversation. Um, so, yeah, that's that's massive. So I guess there's a couple parts that I'd throw in there to start with. And it's actually in your wording you used, okay, is mental strength. Now, just like strength in the gym, when you're doing bicep curls, I you know, use that as a symbol, everyone knows hopefully what a bicep curl is, okay, <laughs> is... When you first did a bicep curl, you probably did bicep curl like five kilos, mm. right? Whatever it was back in the day, like 20 years ago. Mate, I came out of my mum's womb and you're like, with, a, with a dumbbell. <laughs> <laughs> right. And now you're bicep curling 50. Okay. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whatever you're right. Now, the point of it is, is it's, there's been a progression. Okay. And there's been that like, you know, you started off weak and you got strong. Okay. All that is just growth and over time. It doesn't mean that you like over one week, you went from being, I can't even move this weight to then being swole and being able to like do anything. Okay. It can take time and takes practice. Okay. Massively. And that's where getting awareness initially actually just like, Close your mouth and being and actually listening to, okay, what is that voice in my head saying? And if the voice in my head is saying, what voice in my head? That's the voice in your head. <laughs> Which is a really common thing. People are like, I don't have a voice in my head. It's like, yeah, that's the voice in your head. <laughs> um, so yeah, and not judging yourself for the fact it takes time. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I I always kind of say asking yourself, and I do this myself as well. There are those moments when you're training and you like there's so much desire to stop. And I literally ask myself, sometimes literally out loud, I'm like, can I do one more rep? Would I die if I did one more rep? And the answer is no, I'll never die if I did one more rep. And generally, I'd say 98% of the time, the answer is yes, I can always do one more. Mm. And that provides proof for my unconscious mind that where it was going to stop is invalid. Yep. And that's why when I'm coaching as well, I do the same thing. Is I say, can you do one more rep? And they do. And then what that does is that provides a little bit of reinforcement where they start to doubt their belief system around, I need to stop in that moment. Because okay. now they have reason. They're like, oh, I didn't need to stop in that moment. What else would be possible? Yeah, so what I'm hearing you say there is that you're trying to break... Uh, like in terms of a coaching sort of process, you're trying to break a client's old belief yes. systems. So yeah. showing the client that what you believe right now in terms of what you feel you're possible of doing is potentially not not even right. Yeah, yeah. and the, the first way to do that, the key thing with change, especially from a coaching point of view, is, you know, we can, and you'll totally get this, we can never really tell someone to change. Okay, they've got to do it. Mm. And so when it comes to belief systems, the, the key is not for us to say, your belief system is crap. <laughs> Change it. <laughs> because then someone will say, stuff ya. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> totally. Right. Rather, what works really well, it's actually the person developing some doubt about their current belief system. Yep. If you start to doubt that how you perceive the world actually might not be how the world actually is. And the world might be, I'm doing a bicep curl right now. In that moment, that is your world. 
okay? And if you start to doubt that, then you start to actually get the conscious around it. You're like, okay, well, if this isn't real, what might be real? What, what could I believe instead? Well, that's powerful, man. Hmm. Um, so I guess to kind of go back and, and paraphrase on what we've spoken about, we've spoken about a lot, um, in terms of improving one's mental strength. Hmm. So it really helps, first of all, to make sure that, or sorry, to make the unconscious conscious. So whatever yep. you're telling yourself unconsciously in your head, mm. so whether it be while you're training or, or while you're trying to, I don't know, maybe achieve something else, whether it's like a, a financial goal and you're doing some financial planning or um, you are potentially even studying and t- telling yourself yes. that you know, you, you're not worthy of like learning this or you, you're dumb or s- something along mm-hmm. those lines. But anyway, finding that unconscious self-talk and then make, making that conscious. Mm. And then from there, um, have, a, have a think around what is your internal conversation. Yes. So what exactly is it that you are telling yourself? So then from there, you're, you're obviously going there to change your belief system around what you believe you're capable of. Mm. So when we relate that back to training, um, you're then like questioning that that internal conversation yes. and in questioning that belief system around that and then breaking that mold. Mm. Now, how do we go from there to then implementing like new mental strength? I, I guess I, I would really love to get like um, what you think your three biggest tips would be for us to, to be able to implement right now for us to improve our mental strength in the gym and in life? Yeah, great question. Yeah, um, yeah as we touched on, definitely the first bit's the consciousness. Then it's really the... Um, it's really the kind of the, the doubt. That's the hard level part is, is creating doubt around your current belief systems. On a, on a chunking down version of that specifically... It's really like asking yourself, using training as an example, is always asking, like, can I do a little bit more? And to provide an example about this, right, is when I, I ran my first marathon last year, right? And so 42.195 kilometers. Congrats, bro. I uh, Hats off to you. I don't think I'll be running that far <laughs> in my entire life. Yeah. That's now, well now, that's, like, the uh-huh. thing is going into it, th- there was a very particular reason why I took this on, and this will actually link in well with your question, is taking on challenges, mm. okay, is ideally a challenge shouldn't be something that you know how to achieve. Now, that sounds kind of contradictory, but what I mean by that is when I was like, okay, I'm going to do a marathon, I had no idea, like, I, the furthest run before that was 10Ks, mm. okay, I, like, I'm not a runner, like, these quads are built for squatting. You know? <laughs> and some big quads too, man, you know, may I add. <laughs> they're not, they're not, I, I'm not a classic marathon runner. You know? <laughs> um, but the key thing there was I was like, okay, I'm going to do a marathon and I purchased the tickets before I even started training. All right. I threw my hat over the wall. Okay. Which forced me, taking that action, it forces the universe to change. Mm. Okay. Whether you believe in universe, God, whatever. Okay. Once you take that action, it actually makes something real. Well, okay, and it's like like bodybuilding comps or whatever. The way to make to, to give yourself motivation is purchase the tickets, 
so you know have enough time if you purchase them a week out you're stuffed obviously but <laughs> like you know say like you know six months or whatever you can in advance say six months purchase them and then once you do that you actually have that financial investment that energetic investment in the universe into that goal things will start to change your motivation in the gym will skyrocket because you're like heck I'm going to be standing in my little briefs on the stage in six months time mm. I need to lose these 10 kilos yeah right so going into that I definitely didn't know what I was going to do. I needed to get help. And I asked, I you know, went to coaches. I talked to them about running issues I was having. I had injuries along the way. I had challenges I had to overcome. Mm. Okay. I said I was going to do that no matter what. I had the tickets booked. And then I started to get injuries that happened. I had to deal with injuries. All right. Challenges, breakdowns, you learn. Remember, challenges is purely an opportunity to learn. Mm. And I learned that my running technique wasn't useful for me. I learned I needed to get different runners. All these lessons along the way. And the training over the time, it took me about it took me nine months to do my first marathon from when I committed. Okay, it wasn't like just like a you know four-week thing. The training leading up to it, consistent practice. There were days that my mental strength was atrocious, and there was days where I was like, can I do a hundred meters more? And I did it. And then on the actual day of the marathon, it was, you know, 35 Ks in and things were hurting. And again, I was paying attention to my internal dialogue, I was conscious. And then I started to ask myself, I was like, am I really hurting? Or could I go a little bit faster? And I was like, and I was just kind of checked in myself for myself. And I was like, from one to 10, how much am I really hurting? You know, and at the time I was like, 35 Ks of running in, like things were hurting. Like my hip flexors were cooked. I had some weird pain in my knee. Like my back was kind of hurting. I was like, what's going on? But I was like, out of 10, I was like, realistically like I've broken my back I've broken some arms legs ribs I'm like probably sitting at about probably a six so it's on a scale of nothing to death right yeah that's <laughs> right you know a scale of nothing to death how much am I <laughs> getting a close to death yeah but I was like great if I'm six out of ten I reckon I can go a little bit harder love that and I could and I sped up yeah and then I looked at my times afterwards and when it got to about 38 of 41 kilometers I was like I was hurting more. <laughs> but again, checking checking in myself. How much am I actually hurting? Mm. Right? I.e. deep, constant debriefing. Constant yeah. checking in with yourself. Okay. And and I was like, yeah, I'm probably a solid seven and a half out of ten now. I'm like, could I go a little bit harder? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I could. And then the last like a kilometer, I was like 40 Ks. The last kilometer, one point one on five kilometers to go. And I was like, and by that point, I was like, things were hurting. Calves were cooked, ankles were cooked, shin splints, hips were wrecked, knees were hurting. I was probably at a solo like eight and a half. So I'm getting close to death. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I asked myself, I could I go a little bit harder? And I was like, yeah, I could, a little bit. So I sped up a little bit. And when I looked at my times afterwards, that last 10Ks were my fastest split of the whole 40K. 41.195 kilometers. That's incredible, isn't it? Right, yeah. Considering most people like most people hit the wall at about 30 to 35 Ks, most people die, start walking. Yeah. And I sped up. Yeah. Now, the key with that is it wasn't like I just went from like sitting on the couch to stuff at Let's Do a Marathon. It was practice over nine months. Mm. Okay, it's like success. Success doesn't happen overnight. There's no overnight success. It was all this practice over the years that led up to that even you know training practice 
Yeah. And I think that also letting go of judgment of yourself is massive. Mm. Appreciating it's like letting go of the expectation of yourself that like after listening to this podcast, you're going to be an absolute like ninja warrior and be able to take on Everest. <laughs> like, you know, there is some level in there of, okay, here's where I am at the moment. I can't get through one set without stopping. Great. Let's work towards that. Mm. Maybe it is that I can't do, maybe I can't do, you know, 10 bodyweight squats in a row. Maybe I can do five bodyweight squats in a row. Great. Let's work towards six. Let's see if we can achieve that. Yeah. Then try and do seven. Right? If you're going for a run, maybe you can just run 100 meters. Awesome. That's so good. All right? At least you can run 100 meters. You know, some people can't even do that. Mm. And then try run like 100 meters and then just do 10 more meters. I love that. I'm a massive fan of that. Like chunk those chunk those mm. goals down chunk that progress down like trying not to was to, was it the tony robbins says try not to eat the whole whale in one bite you know like chunk it down you you really need to to do that and make it more achievable for yourself and then the best thing about that is you're constantly seeing progress yes so if i'm um like if i heard you correctly there was a lot that came that came out there i was asking for three tips and this tends to happen with Cal. <laughs> he, he he gets on a roll but to summarize what you said for us to have some actionable things for for your listeners to, to go ahead and implement to improve your mental strength take on new challenges so the first thing would be to, to take on new challenges and then take action and commit to that challenge mm. So something so simple for us right now, we're looking at doing Spartan Race um, on the Gold Coast. So that for me was a challenge because I'd never done that before. I don't know like what's what what it really entails. I know it's five k's worth of obstacles, and that was it. So I'm going to commit to that challenge, and I bought the ticket. So it's it's super simple to take that action, but it's such a big step towards improving your mental strength because by the time you do all the training, you get through that um, event you've done it you're like wow I've achieved so much yes right now and it all came just from that small action of maybe buying the ticket yes yeah so yeah. then in that during that process leading up to that event we learn we adapt we overcome any potential roadblocks hmm. and then from there you mentioned as well like reaching out for help yes. reaching out for a coach there's people that have done these things before there are people out there that can help you such as cal he works quite closely with people on their mental strength so and then from there you would you would practice your own mental strength and that's something that where you could just check in with yourself and debrief constantly mm. even if that's within your own current workouts check in debrief when 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 challenges are present in your life might not even be when you're working out but when challenges are present you know, go through that debrief process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's that's so powerful. So, hopefully, guys, you've we're come, bumping up on time, but hopefully, you've um, come away with some really actionable steps here to to improve your mental strength. So grateful to have you on, Callum, and um, I give I give him a little bit of crap because we call him Callum Murray, <laughs> but um, I, I really do respect Callum and and what you do and your work, mate. You're really great with um, with connecting with clients and and helping people with their mental strength, with their mental health. Now, mate, if, if anyone wanted to reach out to you and, and wanted some help, where can they find you? 
Oh, mate, I'm all over socials. I love the old socials. So um, on Insta, it's Callum Holt Coach. Um, on Facey, um, Callum Holt. And also have my page, Callum Holt Coaching, as well. Um, yeah, so absolutely hit me up. Perfect, Cal. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And uh, yeah, look forward to more work uh, down the track with you. Boom. Cheers, bye.